not your normal paranormal. Normal is an illusion. What is normal for the spider is chaos for the fly. Come with us on a journey where the cold creeps up on you, where the shadows are larger than life, where you'll lose your courage and possibly your mind. And you like it like that. <laughs> Not Your Normal Paranormal explores the world of the weird, unnatural, and unknown. Content varies and may include explicit topics and language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Okay. Hi, and welcome back to Not Your Normal Paranormal. I'm Kylie. I'm Robin. And I'm Kat. We're a family. And Odin is here today. He's always here, but now he's among <laughs> us. So... Today's episode is about haunted hotels. Yeah. <laughs> From the grave. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kylie's going to start mm. us off with a tarot card from her... I am reading from the Antique Anatomy Tarot deck. It's a very beautiful deck. It's got skulls and plants on it. And it's got potion vials. Nice. I can't see them all from here, so... Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Random. Gorgeous. Random bone body parts. <laughs> random bone body parts. And um, the rods has a lot of um, and this, yeah, they've got a lot of weapon stuff on them, like that you would find in a um. Old fashioned doctor's thing, office. Like weapons in a doctor's <laughs> office. <laughs> Well, Knives know. is a weapon. They, they, they had to fight illness some way, Robin. They needed <laughs> weapons. Um, the card that we picked today is um, the Knight of Blades. And this um, card just indicates like a change in your life that's pretty rapid. Um, it's a seize the day. Um, and basically the card is like... Um, so the... It's the sword suit of a normal tarot deck, which the knight is usually, he charges into stuff. He doesn't necessarily think it all through. He's just like, we're going to do it and we're going to do it. So here we go. Which is basically how we jumped back into this. We need a plan. I have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the flowers on it. Oh, very that's beautiful. That is very beautiful. I'm going to get a picture of it. Did you get one? Mm-mm. I will get a picture of it. It is my new favorite deck. I have like, all of them are my favorite in a different way. <laughs> They're all our favorites. I haven't had a, really had a chance to delve into my newest deck, which is on the um, Nordic Vikings. The Nordic Gods and all that. Yeah. But I haven't really got to deal with them yet. need to bring all of your decks over so that I can use them <laughs> so that they're getting used. I don't have a new deck because I have too many responsibilities and not enough money. I didn't buy this one. Okay. Somebody buy me a new deck. I like the pagan deck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You couldn't send it to us anyway because we haven't given anybody an address. <laughs> okay. Who's starting? I'm going to start because mine's shorter than everybody else's. Oh. Okay. 
We did not discuss what order we were going in, so you're welcome. So hopefully you can hear us decently well. We're using a new microphone. And kind of a new location. Where you won't hear dogs walking and or drinking water in the background. <laughs> um, yes, who's going next? Just so we're ready. Um, it don't matter. Mine's about... I mean, mine looks like it's a lot, but it's because I wrote I'll big. let you go last. Okay. I'll go after. Okay. So I'm going to start with the red line in lion, not line. I was getting ready to say. Lion. <laughs> Roar. Roar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the red line in in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Bleh. Um, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. Blah, blah, blah. So, um... The Red Lion Inn was established in 1773 by um, Silas Pepoon, who um, opened it up as a small tavern. Pepoon. Yeah. Um, it was used mainly as a stop for stagecoaches that were traveling between Albany and Boston. I love our hotels that used to be stagecoach stops. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, this wasn't in the West, people. This was in the Northeast. A year later, it's where a lot of angry citizens gathered to boycott the English goods and to help pass resolution protesting um, the oppression acts of intolerance against the colonies. Awesome. Let's get drunk and plot rebellion. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And then in 1873 um, it was owned by Mr. and Mrs. Plum who were avid I collectors. Names. I love <laughs> Papoon. <laughs> Papoo or whatever it is. And now it's the plums. The plums Papoon. have it. And then the plums have it. And they were avid collectors of rare and fine items and became renowned for their impressive um their, their impressive stock of antiques from the colonial ages. Um which a lot of the hotel was using that until it burned down. Wow. Decor around. Um, so it doesn't really say how many rooms it started out in. I'm guessing, you know, as a tavern, it probably wasn't too big. Um, but they have over 400 rooms now. Um, in 1884, um, they added 100 rooms. Wow. And it was only open from May to October. Ever? Just starting in 1884. Oh. I wonder why. I wonder why they're hating on the rest of the months of the year. Winter. It's probably their... East. I know. People it's, like to travel. Yeah, but... Even, well, I guess more now than then. In a stagecoach? So I... Listen, you don't knock it till you travel. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure coach. in the summer months it'd be okay, but in the winter months... You just have to what I figured. Extreme Northeast. <laughs> yeah. Bring some fur blankets. <laughs> Yeah. Um so in nineteen nineteen in eighteen ninety two and eighteen ninety four they added another hundred and then hundred and fifty rooms. So they had about just under four hundred at that time. And um August thirty first of eighteen ninety six, a fire destroyed the building. Wow. Gone. The whole thing. Antiques, everything. Like, it burned to the ground. They weren't able They were able, able to, to salvage, salvage some antique stuff, but not very many. And none of the structure? 
I don't think so. That's wow. an awful lot of rooms for that time, too. Um, no. In 1897, the hotel was rebuilt and has been open for over 90 years. It's been in the Treadway family since, which are descendants of the Plums. And then... Their, their name's not as much fun. Yeah. <laughs> the and then in um, 1968, Jack and Jane Fitzpatrick um, Jack bought and it. Jane. Jack and Jane Fitzpatrick, who were from the area, they were kind of locals, um, they bought it because... The family wanted it to go to somebody who would keep it running, but with the amount of time that it was on the market, they were opting to sell it to people who were going to turn it into a gas station, and these two people were like, mm, no. Oh, no. Yup. No. The, the things people do. And then, um, there was something else that I forgot to write down that I, I'm, I'm going to remember. <laughs> That's why I make notes. Look, and I in the not. margins, because I'm like, I'll remember that, and then I think... Nope, I'm going to write it down, because I, I will not remember. I do not remember. What, did it have um, to do with the gas station? No. Did it have to do with the Treadways? Well, no, wait. It had to it do with... have to do with the Fitzpatricks. It, it had to do with, like, the hauntings of the hotel, because up until, like, the early 2000s, um, the staff members were told to not talk about their experiences and to make everybody else think that it's just an old building that creaks and stuff, because... They didn't want to be known for that. They didn't think, they thought that it would, like, scare more people away. They didn't understand the revenue that was involved in yeah. telling people it's haunted. So, um, there's a bunch of reviews on TripAdvisor of people who were like, I really wish somebody would have said something to me before I stayed because I got room 301. So, like, um, in August of 2005, there was a business trip of 21 people, and one of them got in room 301. And, um, in the middle of the night... He claims that um, he woke up to the feeling of his toes being tugged on and his hands being scratched. And at one point, it felt like somebody got under the covers with him. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, don't touch my feet. Um, and then also, get out of my covers. He said about 9-ish in the morning, there was a knock on the door. You know, he's like, it's normal that you would hear housekeeping knock about 9 or 10 o'clock even if you're not checking out. Um, which is not fun if you're not <laughs> checking out. Um, do not disturb, baby. I, I always use it. I always forget to use it. And that thing goes on the door as soon as I check in. <laughs> um, so he woke to that sound of knocking at the door, and he swears that a woman entered. You know, he's like, whatever. I'm just gonna lay here. It's fine. And then she headed towards the bathroom to. Like he didn't get up and open the door. She just came in. It's like you know, housekeeping, but. At a certain point in time, they didn't have to announce that it was housekeeping. They just knock and open the door and bring in the towels and crap. Ooh, I'm glad I didn't live in that time. Somebody got punched. <laughs> <laughs> so he just assumed that that's what it was, and then the blanket started to be fluffed, and the pillow next to him was getting fluffed, and um, he had wrote that, you know, he should have read reviews from all the sites. I only found TripAdvisor. I could have looked at other sites, but they all, a bunch of them were the same reviews. Except for a couple. But um, he's like, about a year ago there was a, view, a review that um, was basically the same thing. And he was like, he rated it like a 1 out of 5. He does not plan to go back, even for a business trip. Oh, I remember what I wanted to say now. I go. <laughs> okay. So, um, in the last 40-ish years... The um, hotel has bought up a lot of the residential homes around the area and rents those out as well. So, like, if you're coming on a trip with, like, a whole family, you can rent out a house instead of having a room. 
so that the the, ho- the houses are have names, but also if there's an overflow of guests or like a private party of guests, those rooms inside are still numbered. So they have one, I forgot what the name was, but it was like something house room three if it's haunted and then something house room two in another building. But they bought up a lot of residential homes around the neighborhood. They finally clued in. They were like, we're going to buy up all of these houses and be like, this room's haunted. This room in this house is haunted. So people want to come and stay. Well, Which I'm not making fun of because I totally want to go and stay. I do too. And all of the rooms. <laughs> they said the fourth floor is the most haunted of the main hotel. But um, the houses around are still the same structures they were. They've just been renovated on the inside. So, they're from the same time period, and a lot of them around are also haunted, which I, I guess is why it makes its ranking in, like, the top five. But they're finding stories on it is difficult. Nobody's ever gone and investigated the place. I ran into that, too. And it's just... I didn't have that problem. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're going last. Um, so, another review was from September of 2005. This man and his wife um, were staying for a wedding with 60 other guests who checked in the hotel. They hosted the wedding at the hotel and all that. Um, And they decided they were going to double up rooms with this other couple. Save some money because it's not cheap to stay there at all. One night's like $200 and that's for two queens. Wow. Yeah. Um, But, so this person and the, the people they roomed with um, we're getting woken up by the blankets being pulled on and the eerie feeling they were getting watched or something standing over them and looking at them. I, have a, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm just wondering, why why you go somebody pull? Don't tuck my covers. No, I don't like tuck covers. Hover in the <laughs> like in the corner of the room and stare at me uncomfortably, but leave my covers alone. If I can't kick my feet out, there's a problem, and I'm gonna hurt you. <laughs> so he was like. Um, laying on his stomach and at one point and you know he felt it and so he's like I'm, I'm gonna turn over and see what it is oh I thought one of them was gonna pinch his butt <laughs> <laughs> so um he rolled over from his stomach to his back and saw a man in the top hat and disappeared he was telling the story to the staff and the cleaners were like yeah the fourth floor is pretty haunted a couple rooms on these floors are pretty haunted um but when he mentioned it to the bartender the bartender was like never heard of it never seen anything none of the staff here knows anything it's not haunted, whatever. So at that point in time, they were still told, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> but in recent times, a lot of the staff members have came forward and been like, here's my story on it. And I'm just like, can somebody go do this? Right, right. Yeah, let's go, let's go talk to them. Let's, let's go. We'll interview them and we'll report it back. Um, in 2015, this one's funny. This dude left a, or woman, I don't know. This person left a zero out of five review. Oh. It was harsh. It says haunted and not in a fun way was the title of her review or their review. She just didn't know what, well, they, they just don't know what fun and is. And it goes, if you want to sleep on a lumpy mattress and get woken up by a man in a hat tickling and touching you every four minutes, room there one's a place for you. Oh, come on. You woke up laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and the hotel wrote back, you know, sorry for this, you know, da 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 da, whatever. But he was we like, can fix that mattress. But they were like, because of this review, that room was booked solid for the next two years. Well, yeah. 
But also, let's at least fix the mattress. Nobody wants to lay on lumps. This person just sounded like they were just pissed off in general that they kept getting woke up. I mean, if you get woke up every four minutes, you're going to think something's wrong with the mattress, even if nothing's necessarily wrong. If I get woke up every four minutes, I'm going to be cranky as hell with everybody <laughs> in sight. But um, there are stories that go on to say that um, that man specifically um, is a jokester. Any history on who he might be? Um, there probably is. I could not find anything. What was his name? Papoon? Um, <laughs> I figured... I figured from my own personal time, I plan on looking more into the history of the area and figure out what happened around there. It's hard to do from here because you need to get your hands on, and I keep thinking that too. But I mean, I get my hands on like what was on the land before that? What happened? Who all listen? We need a tour bus that I we can live in and want, just drive around all these places. I just yes. want to live in Salem. I'd be happy. I want to see all the places. I'm with you, Robin. Woo! I mean, I'd like to see all the places, but I want to live in Salem. You would live on the bus. Duh. We'd drop you off in Salem every now and then. And then June 2020 is the last review that I picked up. Hey, wait. People were in hotels in June 2020? What the hell? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. So June 2020, um, room 232. It's always room 232. No, it's usually room 301. No. <laughs> so it's a room um, that has so twos in They're it. like 232, room 232. I woke up I woke up feeling, feeling like I was in a dream. I was in the hotel bed, but there was a woman with long brown hair and a colonial nightgown on my chest pushing me down. It felt similar to how I would assume sleep paralysis felt. Note, I've never had it. And so when this couple got there, they explored the fourth floor because that was their main reason for going. They tried to figure out who was in 301. They were like, hey, can we come poke around? And they were like, no. Weirdo, get away from my door. And so this one was just like, I just wanted an experience. And that night, what you wish for. <laughs> that night she got the experience. She's like, I loved it, but um, add that to your haunted room list. The ghosts were like, challenge accepted. But um, So when I was going through the reviews on the website, I typed in haunted, obviously, to get those results to come up but then I was just like well I'm just gonna randomly go through them and so over the years 232 is mentioned as a room that's pretty cold and uncomfortable to be in but I'm that's there. the only actual story from it that's my room for the <laughs> cold, cold part <laughs> it's not gonna be uncomfortable for me um so the staff used Ooh, to tonight cold for me either that would suck the staff used to deny any of the haunted stories or tales of the inn but in recent times, they're capitalizing on the fact that they're getting booked up for the ghostly encounters. It's one of the major hotspots that people are going to have those, which I guess is why it's listed in the top five, even though nobody's been there and verified that it's actually haunted. Nobody's got... Well, there's this one ghost hunter couple that went who claims that they have footage that they've not released, even on their blog that they used to have. Of the Red Line? Yes. Okay. Um, they've, they said they got video footage... Of room 301, but there's no actual proof of the video footage. They didn't post it anywhere, and none of the pictures or anything. They played with... I don't know if they played with a Ouija board in the room, but I know that they took stuff like that into the room to try to start shit. Stupid. But, um... It's on all of of the lists I found for top haunted hotels in America. It's in the top ten always. But... I would like to see somebody go into it and do the whole thing. Yeah, because we need to go. We need to talk to Um. 
so I found a blog. I don't remember what it was. I think it was the um, ghost hunting couple. Um, they claim in 2003, April 2003, a woman named Cheryl was in room 424, and she woke up with the overwhelming feeling, overwhelming feeling that something was watching her. And that's literally the only thing I ever found on that. I see. Searched. She needs not to complain. Nobody touched her covers. Right. At least they were just standing in the corner. Um, and this does say that a celebrity medium stayed in the hotel. Your drink matches your hair. <laughs> this says that um, James Van Prague, a celebrity medium. Yeah, I know him. I mean, I don't know him personally. Um, he was so overwhelmed with the spirits in certain rooms that he kept asking to be relocated his whole stay. That was like when he visited Loretta Lynn's ranch, remember? Well, it, the thing about it I is... I don't know who it is. The thing about it is, is when you get a medium, when you get somebody in a place like that who can communicate with the spirits, they'll, they're going to follow you from room to room. They're going to latch onto you. It's the second they realize that you can see them and hear them. And, you, you know, like, That's... I can't just scare you, but also, oh my God, you can hear what I'm saying. That's how it was at the nursing home for me. They're going to go, what? What nursing home? In Lexington. Oh, the one that you worked in? Yeah, because, like, um, my first night on night shift, they were showing me where to get the supplies that we were out of, and we rounded a corner, and, you know, obviously you're going to talk to the person you see when you're around the corner, right? And the girl that was with me, the woman that was with me, she was like, um, who are you talking to? And I was like, um, you know, and I was like, what's your name, sir? And she... Her eyes went big. She went ghost white. You know, as a woman of color, she just completely, the color was gone. And I was like, what? And then I turned around and he's gone. And she was like, he died like three months ago. I was like, I'm sorry. And that happened to you quite frequently. There, yes. A lot. So everyone's like, night shift's fun with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last thing I'm going to touch on is the ghost hunters from Long Island, Joseph Flammer and Diane Hill. Um, they spent the night in 301. They brought a variety of equipment. Um, so they used the... God, I should have wrote this down because I know it. EMP? Yeah. It, no. No. <laughs> I know what it is. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The, um, um, anyways, it spikes at the foot of the bed and pretty much nowhere else in the room and they noted that in the middle of the room which is the foot of the bed is the middle of the room that it it goes super cold in that one specific spot which is where a lot of people say that the man that tickles them or touches their toes usually where they see him um they reported not tickling people's toes <laughs> they, <laughs> they reported that knocks were coming from the armoire which is where the tv is housed at the foot of the bed across the room kind of catty corner whatever i saw pictures of the room it's kind of shaped weird but um or they put the furniture in there cockeyed i don't know it didn't look normal or right to me but, um, so the armoire... It looked normal or right to her. <laughs> Boy, she said it. It's an EVP. You were close. Yeah. Well, wait, that's the voice one. It's the one that goes, you know, the... The one that spikes. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Anyways, there was knocks coming from the armoire where the TV was and all that. And, um, they claimed to have video of something 
walking across the floor or someone walking across the floor, but no, they've not released the footage of that. The only pictures what that are posted, are the only pictures that are posted are like, so she fell asleep halfway through the investigation of that night in the bed, figuring, you know, maybe this will get something going. So he sat in the corner in an armchair, like, you know, maybe we'll catch something and he's just snapping pictures. So they posted those pictures. They posted pictures of them with the Ouija board and other type of occult stuff like that out trying to invoke something to happen but literally all that happened was that the room went cold once and that was it so she's like so I can't claim or deny anything about this experience being you know da 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 and I'm like well if you have footage why not release that you know what and nobody can nobody can 100% say you know Hey, I saw this and everybody in the world's going to believe them. I mean, you you know what I'm saying? I wish that I could have found more on the stories and the people. EMF. Thank you. But. It's an EMF. Sadly, for one of the top ten haunted hotels in America, it's not really been investigated or documented on other than story encounters that people are giving. So, as well as a podcast team, we need to become paranormal investigators. Let's I'm go. Down. I can't go. <laughs> you have to be the one sitting in the room with all the monitors. <laughs> Callie and I will do the investigating. And Kat I will sit there and listen. I don't want to be in there with the monitors. <laughs> I don't want to go. Okay, I'm going to put a break. <sighs> okay. All right. So now it's my turn, and I chose, after a lot of deliberation, because I'm not going to lie, they were like, let's do haunted hotels, and I went, what? There and, are and so the, many. And then none of us went with what we had originally picked, uh, yeah. except Robin did, because she picked the one I wanted. Because she picked the her. one that we were all like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till you hear about Robin's hotel. No, no, no. Okay. So I chose the Hotel Chelsea, or what's simply known as the Chelsea in Manhattan. Um, says it's known mostly simply the Chelsea. That's mostly what everybody around the world. And I actually didn't know, sorry, that it was as famous as it is. No idea. Um, so it was built in 1883, between 1883 and 1884 as a Hubert Home Club, which apparently there were a lot of those set up in uh, lower Manhattan, because that's what was open at the time, and what they were was like luxury apartments where it would be um, several rooms, and the hotel had a full staff of servants that you paid to stay there, and everybody shared. Like, you didn't have servants specifically for your apartment necessarily, but you shared in the servants in the hotel okay. to kind of make it cost-effective for everybody, and at the time the theater district was in this area so it was you know home to a lot of actors and artists and painters and playwrights and everybody so i'm going to tell you a little bit about the hotel i didn't write down all of the names necessarily of the people who built it because meh, i wasn't worried about it i did like its address so i wrote that down it's at 222 west 23rd street in manhattan <laughs> Um, there's also a website dedicated to it that is literally 222w23.com that just tells about, because the 
listen, this hotel is crazy. It's um, 12 story brick. It's been called um, uh, Queen Anne Revival and Victorian Gothic because I guess they intersperse both of them. It's what's one of the things that's really cool about it is the iron balconies that are tier by tier down the building and along the side. The only ones that don't have it that I can tell because I'm looking at pictures. Haven't been there. Doesn't look like the upper penthouse apartments have it, but it's really cool. Um, at the time that it was built, it was the tallest building in New York at the time at 12 stories, which was like, really? <laughs> but it was 1883. That's what I thought was funny when you mentioned 1883, 84, and Robin's like, that's too many rooms. And I'm like, girl, people were moving. <laughs> um, at the time that it was built, it had 250 units. And it had a lot of um, what was considered up-to-date amenities at the time. Like, I think they had a little bit of indoor plumbing. They had electrical lighting and stuff that you couldn't get at a lot of the other hotels, which, you know, to us sounds like, what? Yeah. But, I mean, you were talking about stagecoaches, so I don't feel bad. For the first 20 years, the Chelsea was successful. A lot of people stayed there. A lot of people was happy, were happy. I can talk. <laughs> um, but uh, around the end of the 1800s, early 1900s, things started shifting. They opened up Upper Manhattan which hadn't been open at the time. I don't know why. I do want to look into that because they were like, I don't know if they had to push their way into it. I don't know. It just said opened up Upper Manhattan. And I was like, they have bridges up, gates? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, and they moved the theater district. So um, it fell into, I don't know what the word is, but it went into bankruptcy and... Um, it ended up having to be sold. It was reopened. It was bought in, I think, 1903, 1904, and it was reopened in 1905 as a hotel. So prior to this, remember, it was co-op apartments. So when when they revamped it, it says it opened as a hotel. From what my reading tells me, it wasn't just a hotel. It still had long-term residents. Um, they did some renovations. It went from 250 units to 400. So they broke down some of the apartments to make them into smaller hotel rooms. A hundred of those were for um, used as a hotel. 300 were still for residential living, people who lived in the building. But from 1905 uh, to 1939, there's not a lot of history on it. Like it was there and it was working, but there's just not a lot of stories or anything from that time. And, um, and it doesn't tell why, but um, around the end of the 1930s, it uh, fell into bankruptcy again and was sold. And it was purchased in 1939 by Joseph Gross, Julius Krauss, and David Bard. I mentioned their names. You got a fun name. I know, Gross. right? <laughs> Listen, that's not as fun as, what's his name? Papoon? 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 <laughs> Papoon? P-E-P-O-O-N, Papoon? Anyway, I, I made sure to record these names because these people who bought it in 1939... Actually, they or their descendants own the building until 2011, 2010, 2011. So I made sure to write their names down. Um, 
these three partners managed the hotel until the early 1970s. I saw somewhere in, that um, Stanley took over in the 1950s. I'm going to say it was late 60s, early 70s, or maybe even early 60s. Um, but the one article I was looking at said 70s. Stanley Bard took over management of the hotel after the deaths of Joseph Gross and Julius Krauss. And he's the son of David Bard. So if you get the inkling after listening to this or just because and you want to look into the history of the Chelsea, you will read a lot of stuff about Stanley Bard that you may or may not want to know. But apparently he made it a real fun place to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now Stanley Bard um, was the manager of the hotel until 2007 when he was removed by the board and replaced with a hotel management company. I didn't list the name of the company because that company has been disbanded. In 2011, the Chelsea was sold to real estate developer for $80 million. Damn. Um, and once it, almost immediately after it was purchased, they fired all of the staff that worked there and brought in people that they knew. That's right. And they stopped taking reservations. You cannot go there now as a hotel. Um, but the residents are still in the building. But they immediately started re renovations. And they put up scaffolding on the outside and started, you know, taking down stuff and revamping stuff on the inside. So um, there were some court things that involved the residents and the, the new person. Um, also, what I read, though, it was really recently, it did list the name of the man who bought it in 2011. Um, but I ran into an article, and I didn't write it down, that said it was sold again. Just, like, not too long ago. But for 10 years, people, for almost a decade now, that hotel's been shut down and been under renovations. I know. Weird. Okay. The Chelsea is the second most haunted place in New York. Guess what the most haunted place in New York is? What? The public library. Ooh. I know. We're gonna, I'm going to cover that sometime. That's mine. Let's go. That's mine. Let's I go. missed it. What? Uh, I was reading this. What did I tell you? <laughs> the public library is the most haunted place in New York. Let's go. Cool. I'm a beater. <laughs> Okay, um, in 1966, the Chelsea was made, uh, was designated a New York City landmark, and in 1977, it was added to the National Register of Historic Places. Um, now that we've covered a lot of the brick and mortar, let's talk about the people who lived there. Let's. Oh, gosh. Let's all go to the movie. There's no, a long list. Go to the library. There's, I know. I want to go to the library. We're not talking about that now. Focus for me. I listen to the Red Lion. Okay. Um, before I, I get too far into this, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to read a few names in a minute of some of the people who stayed, worked, created there. Um, I'm not going to read them all. Like I said, this is something you can go and research and... I, depending on who you are, you're going to want to because a lot of a lot of people stayed there. Okay, it's known that after the sinking of the, the, of the Titanic, some of the survivors stayed at the Chelsea due to mm -hmm. its um, not being far from Pier 59 where the Titanic was supposed to dock on April 17th. So the people who came in on the Carpathia on April the 18th 
um, a lot of the one of my what's the word I'm looking for a lot of the paying customers from the Titanic who survived went to places like the Chelsea there was also a hotel in New York called the Jane that used to be um, for sailors and that's where a lot of the people who worked on the ship stayed but, um, yeah I, I was like yeah I never even thought of that and that I awful? didn't either what they survived. What after, happened to those people? Right. Um, also, after World War One ended, um, a lot of, and that's in 1918, a lot of soldiers and sailors who were coming home or coming back stayed at the Chelsea. Um, let's not forget the famous and the infamous who dwelt there through the years. At least one article states pretty accurately that, quote, it is hard to summon names of many significant American writers, poets, painters, and performers who did not live or stay at the Chelsea at some point. I'm going to read just a couple because if I tried to read them all, one, we'd run out of time, and two, Robin would probably kill me. Or Kylie would. One of them. So some of the literary artists who stayed there, Mark Twain, O. Henry, um, Arthur Miller, Thomas Wolfe, uh, William S. Burroughs, Tennessee Williams, Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke wrote 2001 A Space Odyssey while living in the Chelsea. Crazy. I know. Actors and, and directors Stanley Kubrick stayed there. Doesn't surprise me at all. Dennis Hopper, David Mill, Milos Roman, Edie Izzard. Excuse me. Russell Brand. That's a new and different one. Musicians, The Grateful Dead. Um, Bob okay. Dylan. Bob Dylan famously lived there for quite a long time. Bette Midler, Johnny Thunders, Johnny Cole, Joni Mitchell, Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, Sid Vicious, uh, Janis Joplin, Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen and Janis Joplin had an affair, apparently, while they were living in the Chelsea. And he wrote two songs about it. The Chelsea Hotel and The Chelsea Hotel 2. And it's, I read some of the lyrics, it's really graphic. <laughs> cool. Which surprised me. Um, a lot of visual artists live there. Jackson Pollock. Stayed there for a while. Um, Bernard Childs, Claudio Edinger. I probably said it wrong. Moses Sawyer stayed there. Famous designers, Charles James, Billy Reed. A lot of these people, um, it said during the time, Andy Warhol. I don't want to leave out Andy Warhol because he did the Chelsea Girls there. And apparently it was a swinging place to be <laughs> in the 60s and 70s. Um, a lot of the people who stayed there, um, especially the visual artists, um, if they were going through a period of time where they couldn't like afford rent, they would trade some of their works of art for rent. And Stanley Bard was like, that's smart. That's awesome. So the hotel Chelsea was decorated with lavishly with a lot of art from these people. That's crazy. And um, well, all of it got taken down during renovation. It's in storage somewhere. But people are worried about whether it's going to be restored the way that it's supposed to. Um, well, the way it's supposed to, meaning restored so that it's a luxury place to be, but also keeping a lot of the, the history of the place. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so in addition to the people who live there, there were also, not surprisingly, a lot of deaths. Um, several of them who are famous, which, again, living in the Midwest, <laughs> I don't know much about. 
Charles R. Jackson committed suicide in his room in September, on September the 21st, 1968. Moses Sawyer died in his room in 1974. Um, Harry Smith was an experimental filmmaker and an ethnomusicologist. I wrote that down because I wanted to say it because it sounded, I was like, I need to know what that is. Um, he was in room 328. He died on November the 21st, 1991. Um, Alpha, Alphaeus Cole, he was a painter. Um, he died in 1988. And at the time, he was the oldest recording man, oldest living man alive recorded in the Guinness Book at 112. Cool. Damn. Dylan Thomas, um, it said, several articles said he died of alcohol poisoning on November the 4th, 1953. Um, and the reason why is to his last words are quoted as, I've had 18 straight whiskeys and I think that is a record. But there's um, a couple other articles that said he was sickly anyway, and he might have died of pneumonia. Um, Charles James was credited with being America's first courtier. Um, he died of pneumonia in the Chelsea in 1978. Um, one of the most famous ones, I guess, is um, Sid Vicious and his manager girlfriend at the time, Nancy Spungen, were staying at the hotel. Sid Vicious is the bassist for the Sex Pistols. I wish I'd have been in here for that one. Anyway, um, Nancy was stabbed to death in their room in 1978, and it was believed that... Uh, Sid Vicious did the stabbing and he was arrested um, and released on bail and before it could go to trial he um, overdosed on heroin. I don't I'm not saying that was deliberate I'm just saying that that happened. So um, people who lived in the building have been quoted as saying there used to be a murderer suicide or a fire every week. Wow. <laughs> And there were a lot of suicides out these windows. <laughs> um, many people have claimed to see the face of Dylan Thomas around the hotel, most especially around room 206 where he passed away. Um, one of the most talked about ghosts that I found anyway is um, the ghost of Mary. Um, in separate articles, she's told to be a survivor of the Titanic and also... Like, she wasn't on the Titanic. Like, several articles said she was a survivor of the Titanic, which means she would have came in on the Carpathia and stayed in the building. And at least two other articles said mm, she wasn't on the Titanic. She was waiting for her husband to come home. Either way, she was staying at the Hotel Chelsea. Mm -hmm. um, that would have been crazy, surviving the Titanic. Well, it says that she, she was depressed and distraught, and she just couldn't get over the tragedy of what happened. And yeah. get used to the life she found herself in. Because, you know, at this time, if you didn't have your husband, you know, it doesn't mention her family or anything, but she hung herself in a room on the fifth floor. Damn. Said she's mostly found on the west end of the building where the archway and the hallway, in the archway to the hallway, which would have been the original entrance way to the large apartment at the time. Um... Here's a funny thing. I really wanted you in here for this. She is most noted for looking at herself in the mirror. That's what they say. And I'm like, and they say, you know, she looks at a place where a mirror used to be. And I'm like, if there's not a mirror there, like if she isn't walking around the hotel looking in actual mirror, 
that I don't think you could say but, she's oh. looking at herself in a mirror. But apparently, while she's looking at whatever she's looking at, she's fluffing her hair. But, I mean, a lot of ghosts don't realize what have happened, so they're just reliving. No, no, no. I, and I understand that. I'm 100% so, I mean, with I see you that. on that. I see that happening. I'm, I'm with you on that, but I'm like... Also, that's what I'm going to do. How do they know? Not me. I'm going to go around and hit <laughs> people on the butt. I'm just going to shout behind people in the mirror. Your white cat said that there used to be like a, what you said, a murder, a fire, and... A murder, a suicide, a fire every week. Where are the other? Anyway, she's referred to as a very vain ghost, and she has no use for people at all. That's like, going to be, gonna be me. <laughs> I know. It reminded me so much of Kylie. I was like, is this Kylie in a former life? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like, Probably. She's, Last you life. see her, and she's, she's like, fixing her hair and stuff in the mirror, and, like, like whether there's mirror or not, it's like she catches sight of you, and she just freezes you out. She doesn't, like, you get this feeling of, like, go the fuck away. <laughs> what? It's like, I'm trying That's to fix my I hair. That's how I look in the mirror, too. Um, both Nancy Spungen and Sid Vicious are said to haunt the hotel. Um, they've been seen around the apartment where um, Nancy was stabbed. Sid is also notoriously, apparently, famous for haunting the elevator. So, good luck with that getting on the elevator. Uh, Eugene O'Neill and Thomas Wolfe have also both been spotted there. Um, a lot of what I found isn't, like, people don't get so specific. They're just like, oh, I get a creepy feeling when I'm there, or whatever. And That's the people what I who, ran into a lot. And the people who live there, like, we're talking about during the swinging 60s and the 70s. I'm not judging, but a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll went on in Hotel Chelsea, so. I mean, we heard some of that list. I'm yeah, not right? surprised. I, um, I looked up online like Kylie did to see if there was anything like on TripAdvisor or anything. I found a couple of stories. One is a woman, um, they, no names mentioned. Her sister and her mother stayed at the Chelsea and they reported problems with the lights and wiring, which I'm reading it. I'm like, that building's 126 years old. <laughs> I don't know how when they last updated that, but also the lights in their bathroom and hallway went off and on over and over and over and over. They also heard a woman scream. The article said high-pitched scream, but I read the woman's exact thing and she said it wasn't high-pitched. It was just like a, just like a scream, whatever that means. And the sink turned off and on and there's a lot of that. A lot of people, even people who live in the building and are like still living in the building are like, oh yeah, you know. The tap goes off, off and on all the time. You get used to it. <laughs> and strange bubbles were rising from the drain. Uh, she also took a picture. They found a small door in their closet, mm -hmm. which apparently they opened because that's the smart thing to do. And she took a picture of it, and she said there's a, um, you can see a skeleton with what looked like a clown nose. And I'm like, I could see that with some of the people who live there. In a small... In a small door How in the small? closet. I don't know. It didn't give me the dimensions. Small enough to stuff a body of a clown. I don't know. It had a skeleton in it, so it couldn't be too small unless it was a kid skeleton. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Other people on TripAdvisor trip have also mentioned the lights um, and sings turning off and on by themselves. One couple, she literally wrote, 
they stayed in the hotel a half hour. They checked into their room. And that feeling was so oppressive in the room that she could not stay there. And she's like, we're out of here. They were in and out in a half hour. They gave the hotel, a, I think, a half a star out of five, which I thought was rude because she, she also says that the, like, she went downstairs and told the hotel she wanted to check out and they refunded their money with no problem. So um, I might pronounce this wrong, but Michael Imperoli, he's from The Sopranos. He had an encounter uh, with a ghost in the Chelsea. He recounted the story on Celebrity Ghost Stories, saying that um, he was in a hallway. He said on the eighth floor. Um, he was walking down the hallway, and there was a woman at the end of the, or not far from him, in the corridor, and she was bent over and sobbing. And, you know, he kind of got closer to her and hollered out. He's like, hey, are you okay? And when he did that, he heard a pop behind him, and the light bulb had exploded and I'm thinking it's you know because it's fluorescent lights and crap they have in some of the places but I don't know it was a bigger bulb though and he turned around to look at that and when he turned back she was gone and he just got like a creepy creepy overwhelming feeling that's haunted him he says for the last 14 years um, several people said that he encountered Mary but it doesn't sound like Mary to me Mary who? the vain the, oh, the vain titanic ghost okay I just, I find it funny she likes mirrors and her name is Mary. I know, right? Okay. I did too. I was like, where was that story when we did? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Thank you. It Crazy took me a bitches. It Season took me a one. Go listen to it. <laughs> um, Dee Dee Ramone wrote a book called The Chelsea Horror Hotel. Dee Dee Ramone of the very famous Ramones. Mm-hmm. Um, which he lived in the, in the Chelsea for quite a while. It says... He uh, recounted stories of visits by various ghosts, mostly of those like that he knew. Uh, Johnny Thunders, uh, Stiv Baytours, um, Sid Vicious, and eventually he was visited by the devil himself. Um, the stories, uh, there are stories that the most recent renovations that they're doing have stirred up a lot of the ghosts at the Chelsea. I understand that. Um, there have been um, reports, and I say reports like this people talking, but there are still residents in the building where they put in new glass doors somewhere and all the doors shattered. All the mm -hmm. new glass doors. It was like on a... The way they described it was like a... Um, I don't know. To me, I was thinking, oh, like, you know, like you would have a glass wall for a gym, but they were doors, but they all exploded. Wow. <laughs> and they can't get the light, the, the wiring in some parts of the building to work right. And they're, they're having a lot of, a lot of trouble with it. Um, one more thing. Oh, no, I got a couple more ghosts. I do not <laughs> want to forget these because these are super, super important one of them I've lost one and I'm gonna regret that later but anyway uh, one of the funniest ghosts was Larry they call him Larry the hipster ghost I don't know why they did not describe him I don't know what about him as hipster but he likes to talk a lot and he likes to talk over everybody so, so like very if, not like a hipster if you went into uh, it depends on the hipster if you went into the building as a medium yeah and like ghosts were like oh crap she can see me 
I want to talk to her. They, as they gather around you, Larry, Larry would jump in the front and be like, listen, I have things to say. And, and Larry has a lot of things to say, apparently. Um, says he never stops talking. He pushes people to the front. He, you know, talks over other ghosts. Two ghosts that are me. Push them. One location. <laughs> I want to find this thing real quick. And I'm not going to be able to. And I really want to. Because it tells, it told me. Because I'm, I'm reading it. And they're like, well, you keep saying he talks a lot. He talks a lot. He's got something to say. What the hell is he saying? So here's what it is. According to Larry the Hipster Ghost, everything inside the Chelsea Hotel is real. Walk outside the hotel's doors and you enter into an illusion. Hmm. Also, what? Larry the Hipster Ghost tells us that there is indeed something underground at the hotel. Long, long before the Chelsea Hotel was built, there is some power that is the genesis of the Chelsea Hotel's creative power. And lastly, Larry the Hipster Ghost, and I love how every time they refer to him, it's not as Larry, it's as Larry the Hipster Ghost. Lastly, Larry the Hipster Ghost has an important message. How one conducts themselves at the Chelsea Hotel is what is important. Not just the art, but how one lives their life at the Chelsea Hotel. I can see how a lot of that would be true, especially with the something under the Chelsea being the thing. You you would have to think there because, was something. I mean, with so many people think about, stayed there. Think about the elite and what's happening now. Right? Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. Well, Larry's trying to tell him, and nobody else can tell their story because Larry, Larry wants this known. Um, there's also the story of Nadia, the severed hand ghost. And I thought this one... Like, I'm sorry. severed hand, like, thing? Or she's well, a I ghost mean, without a hand? She's a She's a ghost without a hand. Okay. Her hand doesn't run around. <laughs> the severed hand ghost, and I'm just thinking of the things I running know. around. I know. That's what I thought, too. Um, in 1922, the New York Times reported on a young woman in her 20s who flung herself out of the window facing 23rd Street and meeting her death on the sidewalk. Because, I mean, what else is she going to meet on the sidewalk after jumping out the window? So how did her hand get severed? I'm getting there. Listen. <laughs> Before her fatal plunge, Nadia placed her right hand in the middle of huge industrial scissors used to cut bolts of cloth, closed the scissors, and cut off her right hand. But why? Hold on. Okay. The pain was more than she expected. Therefore, she threw herself out of the window. Now stop. Wait. I'm going to tell you. Hush. <laughs> Nadia's self-immolation was understandable. Nadia had grown up in the Hotel Chelsea, the spoiled daughter of a wealthy silk merchant whose family lived in a posh suite of rooms in the Chelsea Hotel. Nadia was an artist, but her plans to pursue her artistic vision were cut short when she met a handsome and rogue dandy... It literally says dandy. Literally rogue dandy songwriter and ran away to get married when both were still in their teens. Within a few years... Her handsome husband had slipped into alcoholism, and she had two young children and her husband to contend with. She returned to the Chelsea and pleaded with her wealthy father to let her stay, because um, they had nowhere else to go, and her husband was of no use at all. Her father, still enraged that she had left his household to marry a drunken songwriter, and then immediately had two children without any means of supporting them, relented. He let Nadia and the family return to the Chelsea, but there was one condition. Nadia was responsible for all the housework and cleaning as well as bringing in piecework sewing to add to the household income and also had to hand wash her mother's under things, 
which was apparently a constant, constant activity because her mother was incontinent. It says, life became too much to bear for Nadia. She still tried to carve out a few minutes for her art, but it was impossible. Her hands were becoming ruined from never-ending housework. Hence, on a moonless night, she cut off her right hand. And then the pain was too much to bear, so she was like, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. She was like, I, in my head, I'm going, she didn't cut off her hand because they were ruined. She cut off her hand because she thought maybe her dad would take pity on her and not make her do all the work. I mean, that's the way it came across to me. I mean, yeah, But absolutely. she cut off her hand and she was like, oh, wait. I didn't mean to do that. Wait, this is worse this... than I thought. Let me throw myself out the window. Yeah, okay. So, um, it is on moonless nights that Nadia, listen to this shit, can be seen flitting outside the windows of the upper floors of the Chelsea Hotel. Not like laying on the sidewalk. Not like... Walking around inside the side, side and the, not the sidewalk yeah. in the hotel, but floating around outside the windows, her long hair and wispy white gown flowing behind her. She wants to come back to the Chelsea Hotel, but she cannot find her way in. Bitch, don't be flying no, outside my window. Are you crazy? I who, mean, would, who would let her in? I mean, Listen, I immediately thought of. Um, that's crazy. Salem's Lot. I was like, nope. Anything floating outside my window, you ain't coming in. It's not going to happen. I, that reminds me of, um, Nora Roberts, The Sign of Seven trilogy with the Blood Brothers. Yeah, the creepy-ass little boy that's <laughs> yeah. the red eyes. I remember reading that in window. high school, and the window didn't have a curtain or blind on it, and I was reading it in the middle room that we all, it's like after you got the California King in there, and I was sitting on the futon reading it, and it was like two o'clock in the morning because I'm into it, and then I'm look out the window and I'm like, nope. <laughs> so, that's what I got for hauntings. There's also been um, little kid hauntings, which makes me wonder how they died, but I'm, mostly all of the stories are... I'm ready to go to the Chelsea. Are, you know, lights flickering and... Oh, there was one guy, and I, I don't think I wrote it down, so I'm going to do some of this by memory because he lived there, so he indulged in the lifestyle... So I take it kind of with a grain of salt <laughs> because before he tells any story, he tells what he did before this incident happened and he always did something before the story. Like he took heroin or he found seeds somewhere that he ground up and put in his tea or whatever. But um, he said uh, one of the stories that doesn't get told is that the, the hotel, not the hotel, the elevator in the hotel will take you to different temporal realms. So he gets on the elevator and it's, and he's still a resident there. He didn't ever mention his name. But he gets on the elevator and it's only in the, in the nighttime, like in the middle of the night. Um, and it's 2006 and he rides the elevator down two floors and it drops him out in the 1980s where there are druggies and prostitutes everywhere. And his words, not mine. Or he, in the 1950s, or even farther back, where he's like, I don't know what's going on. So. It's interesting. That is the Chelsea Hotel. Again, it is still under construction, as it has been for the last at least nine years. And it's untelling. It's but untelling what it's going to be. You've also not had any, like, official investigations of the Chelsea? No no official investigations of the Chelsea, which is funny. 
because I'm wondering, nothing, nothing is said about it, but I'm wondering, did anybody even ask to go in and they were told no or was the price just too high? I don't know. It's, it's never mentioned. Like nothing is said that any paranormal team ever even wanted to go in and investigate. So, so it was mine. There was no mention of anything other than that one couple who's just like, they're bloggers. They're not like known or anything. Yeah, it's weird. Because you would think... Yours, I would think somebody would want to go investigate. But the Chelsea, with all of the history, and all of the and, people who stayed yeah, there, that's... movies that have been filmed there, books that have been written about it, books that have been written there, songs that have been written about it, you would think somebody would go, oh, let's go, you know, take our crew and check it out. Right. And nothing. Nothing. Okay, so that's it for the Chelsea Hotel. Okay, and now on to my hotel. I chose the Hanley. The, the Hanley. The Hanley. Oh my gosh. The Hanley. <laughs> <laughs> you need to. You need to go back and read that. Don't even leave that in there. We were so excited about your hotel the whole time. I'm gonna do the Hanley. I pulled it out of my ass quite literally. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so for my hotel I chose the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado <laughs> Be alone <laughs> So the Stanley Hotel is a 142 room colonial revival hotel in Estes Park, Colorado approximately, f uh, approximately about 5 miles from the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park Oh really? Yes Ooh. The Stanley offers panoramic views of Lake Estes, the Rockies, and especially Long's Peak. It was built by Freeland, Freeland Oscar Stanley of Stanley Steamer, not the carpet cleaner. Really? Stanley Steamer gets carpet I know, but no. Psych. <laughs> so, yeah. Freeland Oscar Stanley of Stanley Steamer fame and opened on July 4th, 1909 as a resort for upper-class Easterners and a health retreat for sufferers of pulmonary. pulmonary tuberculosis. The, the Stanley Hotel served as the inspiration for the Overlook Hotel in Stephen King's 1977 best-selling novel, The Shining, which I have not seen. Have you read it? No. Girl. What? I've read it. Wait, I didn't what? watch the movie, but I read it. I've read it and watched both movies. Did you watch the miniseries? I... The miniseries is the second movie. That's the one Stephen King had the most say in because Stanley Kubrick did the original and kind of took some artistic liberties liberties that Stephen King was not happy with. So it was the inspiration behind the novel The Shining, but it was the filming location for the 1977 TV miniseries, which was also wrote by Stephen King. Today, the hotel features a restaurant, a spa, and a bed and breakfast and provides guided tours. And here's a brief history of how the Stanley came to be. So, in 1903, the Yankee steam-powered car inventor, not Stanley Steamer, the carpet cleaner, Are you but the car listen? inventor. Come on. <laughs> Are <Stan> they sure? <laughs> Freeland, which they, most of the articles just call him F.O. Stanley, so that's what I'm going to go with. F.O. Stanley was stricken with a life-threatening resurgence of tuberculosis. The most highly recommended treatment back in that day 
was simply fresh, dry air with lots of sunlight and a healthy diet. Dry air? Dry air. I, I see that. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Like many mind. lungers of his day, Stanley resolved to take curative air of the Rocky Mountains. He and his wife, Flora, arrived in Denver, Colorado in March, and in June, on the recommendation of Dr. Sherman Grant Bonney, relocated to Estes Park, Colorado for the rest of the summer. And, of course, over the course of the season, Stanley's health improved dramatically. By 1907, Stanley had recovered completely. However, not content with the rustic accommodations, lazy pastimes, and relaxed social scene of their new summer home, Stanley resolved to turn Estes Park into a resort town. The construction began in 1907 on the Hotel Stanley, a 48-room grand hotel that catered to the class of moderately wealthy urbanites who composed the Stanley social circle back east, as well as to consumptives seeking the healthy climate. The land was officially purchased in 1908 through the representatives of Lord Dunraven, the Anglo-Irish peer who had originally acquired it by stretching the provisions of the Homestead Act of 1862 and preemption rights. So it was built that long ago? It was built in 1809. Lord Dunraven wow. owned the land, and I'll get into that in actually just here. Okay. So between 1872 yeah. and 1884, Dunraven claimed... 15,000 acres of the Estes, Estes Valley in an unsuccessful attempt to create a private hunting reserve. Private, <laughs> private hunting reserve, making him one of the largest foreign holders of American lands. Crazy. So at that time, he was one of the largest foreign holders. And we're talking about the um, Irish Anglo dude? Yes, the Anglo Irish man. <sighs> The main hotel and concert hall were completed in 1909 and the manor in 1910 to bring guests from the nearest town, nearest train depot in the foothills town of Lyons, Colorado. Stanley's car company produced a fleet of specifically designed steam-powered vehicles called mountain wagons. <laughs> Bananas! Oh my gosh! and then beat it out. <laughs> okay. Psych. In 1996... No, fuck. <laughs> In 1926, Stanley sold his hotel to a private company incorporated for the sole purpose of running it. Running the hotel. The venture failed, and in 1929, Stanley purchased his property out of foreclosure, selling it again in 1930 to fellow automobile and hotel magnate Roe Emery of Denver. The Stanley earned a reputation as a paranormal nerve center long before Stephen King's arrival at the hotel, completed in 1909. So during the years since his death in 1940... The apparition of Mr. Stanley reportedly has appeared to guests checking in <clears throat> at the reception desk, and claims hold that the phantom of the late Flora Stanley, a pianist, sometimes can be heard tickling the ivories in the empty music room. Nice. I, can't, I don't know what I had to say. He was playing the piano. <laughs> While some spots so are more... poetic. 
Well, some sport, some spots, some, some sports. sports. <laughs> While some sport. spiritually active than others, guests have reported strange occurrences like shadowy figures, eerie laughter, flickering lights, and items moving on their own in every room on the hotel compound. Okay, what makes laughter eerie? Well, I mean, if you didn't come with a child, I mean... What? Children aren't the only people who laugh, Kylie. I mean, did you just hear Robin a minute ago when she couldn't say spots? (laughs) Some sports are very eerie. Very haunted. There are several rooms in the hotel that seem to be particularly haunted. One is room 407, which is said to be sometimes, which is said to sometimes be occupied by Lord Dunraven, who owned the land prior to F.O. Stanley. Reportedly, why does he like that room? If he owned all of the land, he's like, meh, this room looks good to me. Reportedly, he likes to stand in the corner of the room near the ballroom door. On one such account, Witnesses reported that a light in the corner kept turning on and off while the light was off. While, while, okay, wait, no. the light was off. <laughs> so basically, nobody turned it on and just kept going on and off on its own. Yes. While the light was off, they told the ghost that they knew that he was there, that they would only be staying two nights, and would he please turn the lights back on. The lights turned back on. However, later when... <clears throat> Later, when the lights were turned off and they were trying to sleep, noises were constantly heard from the nearby elevator during a time when the elevator wasn't in use. At other times, a ghostly face has been reported to be looking out the window of room 407 when the room is not booked. So, you know, say you're out late at night and you look up and in room 407 you see a face. I, I wonder what it is about faces. Like a lot of people said at the Chelsea they saw Dylan Thomas's face. What happened to the rest of him? Like... Because he's just like, face. Well, I mean, uh, face. A lot of times, some ghosts and apparitions just appear as that. You think that's just because that's as much energy as they can gather to to show? And they're like, well, if I'm going to show part of me, might as well show the most notable part of me. I guess. I don't know. So, Wouldn't it be fun, though, to have the severed hand? It would. <laughs> Room 418 gets the most reports of haunting activity, apparently, from children's spirits. Cleaning crews report having but, heard many strange noises from the room, as well as seeing impressions on the bed when the room had been empty. When, do they look like children's impressions? I'm just wondering. It doesn't say. <laughs> Little tiny impressions on the bed. <laughs> when guests stay in the room, they often report that they hear children playing in the hallway at night. One couple reportedly checked out of the hotel very early in the morning, complaining that the children in the hallway kept them up all night. However, there were no children booked in the hotel at the time. Not okay. to say that there wasn't, because, I, I mean, children think they can't book themselves into the hotel. But also, <laughs> but also, depending on whenever that was, a lot of richer, upper-class people did not travel with their children. There's also been many reports by guests of haunting activities in rooms Somebody did. 217 and 401. Tour guides tell a story of the ghost of a small child who has been seen by many of the staff in various areas of the hotel. Do you have a story? Um, Random bit of information. I'm not going to touch on it. I'll talk about, I'll talk a little about 217, which I'll go back and forth between 
later when I tell about stories because they didn't put them in order. Like when they talk about 217, they may go and then talk about the concert hall and then they may go back to room 401 and back to 207. People are stupid. They didn't put them in. Put them but, all together, people. Yeah. So this um, article actually comes from tripsavvy.com. It's the seven most haunted spots in the Stanley Hotel. And like I said, I will touch on them again in another article where you hear staff and guest stories. So room to room 217. Shut up. Perhaps the most famous spot. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> room 217, perhaps the most famed spot in the Stanley Hotel. This is where horror writer Stephen King spent the night and got the inspiration for his 1977 bestseller, The Shining. The room has a library of King novels housed there. In Any Anywhere in there does it talk about his experience there? Yeah, I'm about to. Okay. When King and his wife arrived at the hotel, it was closing down for the season and they were the only overnight guests staying there. The hotel only started staying open full time in 1983, I believe. Somewhere right in around there. Before, other than that, they closed for the season. Right, because the snow would get too deep and they didn't have the vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ate dinner in an empty dining room while pre-recorded orchestra music played before retreating to their room on the spacious and eerily empty second floor. King woke up that night to a terrifying dream about his three-year-old son being chased through the corridors and screaming. King jerked out of bed, realizing it was a dream. He lit a cigarette on the balcony, and the plot for his now-famous novel shaped up. It's crazy somebody slept with Stephen King. His wife? <laughs> I mean, it's still crazy that that even happened. He's been married for a lot of years. The room is thought to be haunted by Elizabeth Wilson, a.k.a. Mrs. Wilson. She was the hotel's head housekeeper and during a storm in 1911 was injured during an explosion as she was lighting the lanterns in room 217. Those damn lanterns. Well, because they had regular power, but a storm had knocked it out, so they had gas lines run through. And she was going through lighting all the lanterns. So as she was lighting the lanterns in room 217, yeah, she survived. Though she broke her ankles and her spirit seems to be a regular in the hotel room. No. So that didn't kill her. A lot of spirits did. No, she lived. Place. So what killed her? Did we go into that? Well, Listen to me. A gas line exploded and all she did was break her ankles and okay. it broke her spirit. Well, in another story, it goes into a little more she detail. Broke her spirit? Her, her, it says her spirit still seems to be a regular in the room, but... Yeah, okay. Guests have reported items moved, luggage unpacked, and lights being turned on and off. And let us not forget, Mrs. Wilson is old-fashioned. She doesn't like it when unmarried guests shack up together. So some couples have reported feeling a cold force come between them. One of the biggest myths about the room is that it's never available. But this is not the case. You can book the room if you dare. Okay. Do you have to sign? You a shushed her, and I shushed her because I thought you were going to tell us something, and you didn't tell I, us anything. Well, I get into it in another part of the. She broke her ankles from the gas line, but her spirit is still in that room. She didn't die. It there. doesn't matter though. Look, okay, just for instance. No, I just want to know how she died. Think of all the people who who died outside of the Chelsea Hotel who come back and haunted it. She continued to work there. Janis Joplin lived there. Jimi Hendrix lived there. Jim Morrison mm -hmm. lived there. Mrs. Wilson, she continued to work there. And I'll go into that in another 
part of my plus you have to you have to say is it an intelligent haunting or is it a what is it called where they where they just have to they just keep the past yeah so um number two on this list (laughs) the vortex from an architectural standpoint the staircase between floors in the hotel's main guest house is a stunner but the area has it also been stunning. dubbed the vortex, a natural spi- a natural spiral of energy. It's also known as the rapid transit system for ghosts that are known to haunt the hotel. That is so. Funny. And that's all I really got it's on. So that. like a passageway between the worlds. Yeah. Because they said the same thing about the Chelsea. Comes. It's called a vortex. <clears throat> Weird, which is called a vortex. So number three on the list is the concert hall. Both built built for you know well off people. Not, <coughs> not necessarily well off. They took a lot of transients and stuff. Yeah. From the Chelsea, not the Stanley. So the concert hall. There's a lot of paranormal hubbub said to be happening in this famed concert hall. Paul, one of the well-known ghosts haunting the Stanley, was a jack-of-all-trades around the hotel. Among his duties was enforcing an 11 p.m. curfew at the hotel. That, that, that was in that. effect until really quite recently, I believe. Wow. Like what? You had to be in your room and quiet and lights out by 11? Yes. Rude. Which um, which could be why guests and workers here get out being uttered late at night. Zero out of five stars. The, era, <laughs> the, a- the, area, the area is also a favorite spot for hotel founder Flora Stanley's ghost to play the piano. Hold on. She just glossed tickly, over tickly ivory that ghosts. Piece. This maybe why goes why people hear ghostly voices saying "get out" late at night. Well, that would be um, Paul. Because Paul's pissed about the lockdown. Paul was charged. With, one of his duties was enforcing the curfew. <laughs> so he's walking around telling people. He's like, I don't give a shit what time it is. Get out. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Get out. That's not how you tell people to go to bed. A few of Paul's antics, a construction worker reported he felt Paul nudge him while he was standing while he was standing the floors and tour groups on the Stanley Ghost Tour have reported he flickered a flashlight for them. Okay. <laughs> Another ghost known to wander about the concert hall is Lucy. And this gets a little confusing. One article says she was a young woman. One article says she was about 12 to 13. Well, so, depending, on the, woman. depending on the time period, too. 12 so, to 13 is a, I mean, yeah. essentially a young woman. She was quite possibly a runaway or homeless woman who found refuge in the hall. She inter- she entertains the requests of get- ghost hunters, often communicating with them with flashing lights. Stanley historians, however, aren't quite sure about her pre-death connection to the hotel. They think she might have been a runaway. She's but like they're not exactly. Yeah, they've not. She's like I'm just gonna attach myself here. Yeah, basically. So room 401. More than a century ago, the entire fourth floor was a cavernous attic. It's where female employees, children, and nannies stayed. Now today's guests will report hearing children running around, laughing, giggling, and playing. Plus, there's a famous closet that tends to. Open and shut on its own in this room. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little more in another stuff. area. Room uh, 428 is number five on this list. Guests have reported hearing footsteps above them and furniture moving about. 
but it's physically impossible given the slope of the roof. The real haunt in this room, though, is a friendly cowboy who appears at the corner of the bed. Cowboy say. How friendly of a cowboy. <laughs> What's he doing on my bed? <laughs> no, thank you. He's going to pinch somebody's butt. <laughs> so number six on this he list is the grand... He's saying, hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> number six on this list is the grand staircase. Oh, the grand staircase From antique, gorgeous. antique mirrors and portraits... There's plenty Not of distinct. There's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> At least you don't glitch talk like I do. <laughs> Just a string of whatever comes out. <laughs> From antique mirrors and portraits, there's plenty to distract the eye on the grand staircase at the Stanley. But it could also be a popular passageway for the hotel's resident guests, which to me translates back to the being the vortex. I don't know why, unless there's two. Okay, Unless wait. this is the grand staircase in the big part of the hotel, because then the other would be the manor, which was a smaller, like, 42 room. That's fair. I don't know. So I'm not quite sure. They should have specified. Um, in 2016, a visitor from Houston snapped some photos on the staircase, and upon returning home and reviewing them, spotted an apparition at the top of the staircase. The thing thing is, he doesn't remember anybody else being on the staircase at the time. He was taking the photos. The ghostly image of a woman is at the top of the stairs. And number seven on this list is the underground caves. Of course there's underground stuff. If you go on the 75-minute night spirit tour at the, at the Stanley... Sign me up. And you don't have to be a guest at the hotel to but get I, on the but list. I want to be. But you might want to book in advance. Your tour will come to an eerie halt at the end with a visit to the underground cave system. Workers moved about the hotel through the caves in the early days, so it makes sense that this is a popular haunt. Skeptics will pass... Skeptics will pass of the, of the haunts as breezes from the historic piping and ventilation systems, but beneath the hotel is a higher than average concentration of limestone and quartz which some ghost hunters believe help capture energy at the property. Yeah. Yeah. So there's pretty much vast amounts of limestone and quartz under the Stanley Hotel. Okay. Because did you say it was a mine? It's a cave system. It's just a cave. It's where workers would move about. With limestone and quartz. So, okay. um, this, this People is... Are moving about. In the is it, like, quartz? connected the, the main to the manor? Um, it didn't say... Because that would make a lot of sense. It, it just says mo workers moved about the hotel through the cave systems. So. Well, and it had to be close. That they, if workers of the hotel moved about through the cave system, it would have to be connected at some some points. Yeah. Um, this article is 17 unsettling staff and guest stories of hauntings at the Stanley Hotel. And this is from thoughtcatalog.com. <clears throat> like I said, in this article, I'll waffle back and forth between certain rooms in the concert hall and the concert hall basement. We're going to give you shit for it anyway, but go ahead. So, room 217, and these are all quotes. So, the hotel was getting ready to shut down for the season due to the fact that they did not did not have heat in the hotel and wouldn't until the 80s. It was just too cold, so they were surprised. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense about why they were closing. Okay. So, they were surprised when uh, Mr. King, being Stephen King, showed up unexpectedly with his family, which the other story didn't say is family it just, just said him and his, his wife. wife um they were 
they were stuck in this they were stuck in a snowstorm and were offered bedding for the night making them essentially the only people in the hotel later on when exploring the halls of the hotel he witnessed an apparition of a woman that called to him that that chilled him to the bone many years before called him to the bone <laughs> many years before the hotel had lost power due to a storm and she was asked by the manager of the hotel to go th- so this is this is this is what's her face that broke her ankles. This is Mrs. Wilson. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why it didn't specifically say that. The apparition of the woman being Mrs. Wilson. Got you. That chilled him to the bone. Many years before, the hotel had lost power due to a storm, and she was asked by the manager of the hotel to go through and light the lamps, which was their backup source of light. What no one knew was that there was a gas leak in one of the rooms. When, yes. When she opened the door. Her open flame ignited the gas and essentially blew the room apart and sent her through the floor and into the room a story below. That's that why was she broke her ankles. So I think she was okay. actually a floor above. She was in three. Yeah. She was, um, and she, she was in three, but it boxed her down yeah. to 217. Okay. Which is the same room that Stanley was staying in the night Steven. he visited. Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> Stanley King. <laughs> that famous horror writer. <laughs> It was the same room Stephen King was staying in the night he visited the hotel. Not the steamer cleaner. (laughs) I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, the maid did survive this catastrophe and went on to work at the hotel for a few more years, but she still sticks around. If Stephen King hadn't been stuck in the snowstorm and offered boarding, we wouldn't have the Shining today. But we don't know that for certain. That man's mind is... Um, this is uh, room 401. A male guest, a male ghost, a male, a male guest, <laughs> a male ghost, who some believe to be an Irishman named Lord Dunraven, is reported to be in this room. So the Irish Anglo from earlier in the story yes. who owned the property. Yes. Although he never visited the hotel in life, as it was built 20 years after he left Estes Park, it was built on land that he once owned. In the closet, women fill hair. <laughs> He's a bird. Hair. He likes to play with their hair. This one pinches butt. <laughs> In the closet, guess. women feel their hair being played with. In the closet? <laughs> like when they go to put their clothes in or something. I'm like, are you just standing in the closet going, go ahead. It's fine. Just play with my hair. <clears throat> they feel an arm around their shoulder or waist or a hand move up the back of their leg. Oh, Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Men don't feel particularly welcome in this room sometimes, as they have felt someone is passing through them. Press, pressing them into Someone is okay. pressing them into bed, or their jewelry disappearing. Men? Wait, yes. the men are mad because their jewelry is disappearing? You know, they're cuffling. Men. I'd be pissed off, too. This Not is me. a room where Jason the ghost... Where, Jason? <laughs> this is the room where Jason of the Ghost Hunters TV show... <laughs> had his dr- oh, I was excited. Jason the ghost. He had his drinking glass, which was set on the nightstand, implode while he was sleeping. So, <clears throat> the closet door also opened and closed on its own. So, the show Ghost Hunters. Yes. That Jason. Yes. Gotcha. I was excited for Jason the ghost. Shut <laughs> up. Um, this is room 407. People have reported being tucked in in this room. A little boy. Oh my God! Somebody tucked me in. I need to check out. A little boy. <laughs> a little boy. Bitch, I want to kick out. Don't tuck me in. A little boy said that he kept kicking his covers off, and they kept coming back up throughout the night. 
His mother was quite shocked and said that she hadn't woken during the night and certainly didn't keep covering him up. Horrible mother. Because when I know that I'm cold, I wake up randomly and just toss the blanket back on my kids. And then they just kick it off immediately. And I'm like, it's cold. (laughs) And they kick it back off and I'm like, stay under there. My child doesn't like to be covered, but I like her to be. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. I don't like to be covered. You guys are weird. Um, I'm like, I'm fine. And my kids are like. up like a burrito. My kids are like, oh my God, it's so cold. And I'm like, no, it's fine. (laughs) Room 418. Ghost children do mischievous things in this room. Okay, wait. This is the room that used to house upstairs where the nannies and all of them. Yes. Okay. This was what used to just be an attic where women, children, or where where female employees, nannies, and children stayed. Okay. So ghost children do mischievous things in this room. Covers are sometimes removed during the night, and hangers are known to move on their own. A little girl about four years old and her mother stayed in this room a few years ago. The following morning, the girl reported being tickled by a little boy during the night. Oh, ew. She wasn't afraid, though. Instead, she simply told the little boy to stop, and he did. Yeah, because kids are smart. Sometimes. (laughs) Stop being freaky about it and just be like, don't. Um, This is room 428, which is still on that same floor that we just talked about. Is um, A ghost cowboy tends to frequent this room. Another one? No, the same one from the story before. Oh, the friendly cowboy. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> a couple, a few years ago, a few few years back, awoke to find a Wild West cowboy pacing at the end of their bed. After watching him for a few minutes, they politely asked him to leave, which he did, but not before leaning over the lady as if kissing her forehead. I left that out, but it's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> kissing <Okay>. her. <laughs> Where? Female guests sometimes wake up to find him leaning over for a kiss on the forehead. So, sweet cowboy. He's just a kissy cowboy. Yeah. Kissy cowboy. <laughs> room, I want that room. Now we're back to room 217. Many housekeeping events happen in this room, which is the one where um, Mrs. Wilson fell through the floor. Right. Into that room. Guests have reported returning to their room after dropping off their bags and finding their luggage has been unpacked. So, they checked Helpful in. ghosts. They checked in. They That's dropped Mrs. their bags. Wilson. They went to eat or they went to explore. And Mrs. they come Wilson's back. Mrs. Wilson's in there. Being like, and their luggage is unpacked. These messy people. I'm just going to put their shit away. It's fine. Other guests have also reported their shoes being lined up neatly on the end of the bed. Shadows have also been reported passing through walls, as as this room was once part of a much bigger suite until the mid-2000s. Uh, room 302. A male ghost has been seen as a shadow in this room, walking near the walls, Photos have been known to fly off the walls, and Grant from Ghost Hunters had a table levitate while changing film. So but both it's not on camera because he was changing the film. I guess so. Both um, Ghost yeah. Hunters and Ghost Adventures. Or did I I've been there. Yep. Yeah, Ghost Hunters is Jason. You did. Yeah. No, because this says Ghost Hunters too. So then we're on the same page, sister. I think I think they've both been there though. Both shows. I'm pretty sure. Um, room four thirteen. Back to where the little girl said, stop it. No, no. That was 418. Same floor, though. Same floor. Several guests have reported a man dressed in old-fashioned clothes standing in the corner of the room. The face of a man in a blue ball has also been seen outside the door of the room. In a blue I'm ball? I'm sorry, what? The face of a man in a blue ball? Yeah, I guess like a necroplasm type ball? I don't know. It just... 
like, just what it says. He's like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so um, next we move on to the concert hall. The concert hall is also a hot spot for paranormal activity. Paul, we have already talked about. Paul worked at the Stanley from 1995 to 2005 and had wow. died of a heart attack while en route from the hotel to the hospital after suffering chest pains. Well, Paul was known as Jack of all trades. And of course, like I said, one of his responsibilities was enforcing the um, 11 p.m. curfew. Get out! <laughs> it's not uncommon to hear the faint and ominous get out in the after hours, though it's unclear if he'd be so bold as to shush hotel, fan hotel founder Flora Stanley, who can often be heard playing the piano some seven decades after her demise. So, why can't he just ask nicely? Why does he have to be like, get out? <laughs> like, can please leave? It's, a, it's 11. <laughs> a construction worker sanding the floor just a few years ago, and like I said, I, I don't know when this was, when this was quoted, believes Paul was brazen enough to physically nudge him to the door after feeling two arms pull him back. Paul is also known to flicker the lights for tour groups. <clears throat> Paul's fun. Hey, Paul, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Flicker them lights, boy. Flicker them Get lights. out. <laughs> because it, the curfew's at 11, Kylie. Okay. So, um, the concert hall basement. <clears throat> Over the weekend, about 15 co-workers and myself had our company trip to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. We took an 8 p.m. ghost tour where we joined 15 other people to get guided around the property. And told stories about its history and creepy things that are said to have happened. We were told to take lots of pictures. I'm sure to try to cap try and capture orbs or ghosts. Many green orbs were caught in pictures, but I didn't think anything as creepy. But I but I don't think anything as creepy as this photo, which I'll show you after because I didn't bring my tablet in here. Okay, okay. but um, send it to me so we can put it up. <clears throat> are you okay? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, but I don't think anything as creepy as this photo taken by my coworker. It was a little girl in a hot pink dress who was definitely not on the tour. And um, how long for that sound? <laughs> and apparently, years ago, a young girl, twelve to thirteen, by the name of Lucy, was squatting in the basement of the concert hall, which we talked about earlier. Okay. Um, which was, and it, like I said, that photo was taken in the basement. And discovered upon plans to begin some construction. So they found Lucy as they were fixing to work on her, construction like, in the basement. Her corpse? No. They found her. They didn't know she was there. She was squatting in, in the life, basement. In life, they did not know she was there. But alive? Yes. Not dead? No. Okay. Is she the one? Is she a little girl? Well, like is she I said, the runaway? She was the She's young the runaway. Woman. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, she was forced to leave them that night. She was forced to leave, and that night, the temperatures got down below freezing, and she froze to death. Oh, so they kicked her out, and she froze to death. No wonder she's hot in the place. I'm Everyone the on place my tour too. has vouched that this girl was not on our tour. The man pictured is our tour guide. No one would have been in front of him. And I am convinced that this tour, or that this ghost of Lucy, I'm convinced that this is the ghost of Lucy. Sorry. Just one more added note. Though I doubt if anyone would believe me, but there was only one time throughout the tour where I felt any strange energy or feeling, and it was right here, heading down to the basement of the concert hall. Back to 217. And now we're back to room 217. I hate how this waffles around. Like, why couldn't you just listed them all under one category? Right. 
So I don't have to keep walking back and tell you, oh, this story's back. We're back to Mrs. Wilson. Um, You leave her alone. (laughs) She folds people's clothes and puts them away. Elizabeth Wilson was the chief housekeeper. You gotta have a ghost. You might as well have one that does housework. She was the chief housekeeper who, during an early summer storm in 1911, was injured in an explosion when she was lighting the lanterns in room... It says in room 217, but she was actually... She would have been in the floor above. Mm -hmm. According to the other story. Mm -hmm. We're there. Keep up, people. Um, she survived with broken ankles, but to this day takes special care of room 217's guests, possibly even Stephen King, who stayed there just days before the near-deserted Stanley closed for the winter. Um, King is said to have encountered a young child during his stay, though there were no children visiting at the time, which I'd already said. Except for his and his wife, supposedly. Well, one story says just his wife, Depending the other story, on story says his family. So, I mean, and... Before I go any farther, there's actually, I found a little, um, thing. Apparently, Dumb and Dumber, or parts of it, were filmed somewhere around Estes Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says Jim Carrey stayed there, was checked in to stay there, and only lasted about three hours. And that's all I really found on that. I need the story. He didn't say why? Nope, just said he left. I'm surprised. Um, the concert hall, we're back to. Lucy also wonders the concert hall. Tampering with thoughts and lifting spirits. She's been known to actively communicate with and answer questions from staff and parapsychologists by a flashlight. But her story and pre-death connection to the Stanley remain unclear. It they is, killed her. It is surmised she was a runaway or homeless woman who found refuge there whenever her his, whenever whatever her history can't read my writing. Whatever her history, employees insist Lucy's presence and distant, melodious humming lightens the energy and mood wherever she lingers. Um, See, she's nice, even though they threw her out in the cold and killed her. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the hotel at large. Eddie, who initially presented himself as a foul odor, or presented himself with a foul odor, <laughs> earning him the nickname Stinky Man. <laughs> Apparently offended by the moniker, Eddie switched tactics and began exuding a more pleasant smell. His presence, however, seems to cause discomfort, possibly due to a life of hardship. According to visiting psychics and mediums, he was... Has? He has since lightened up and remains the resident prankster and apparently a ladies' man. Often suspected of stroking the hair and kissing the cheeks of female guests. That's not being a ladies' man. That's being a per stank ass. I much prefer the friendly cowboy. Right? (laughs) Eddie began visiting the Stanley just a few years ago and has no known connection to the property. It is wondered if Lucy and Eddie are simply new demographic of guests and raises the question of travel in the afterlife. Well, Lucy... Okay, yeah, we can travel, but also Lucy died there. Like, they kicked her out. Well, I mean, it's pres- it's presumed that she was. I mean... I'm just saying. <laughs> Eddie, but there's, like, nothing known of That's Eddie. Probably, Eddie's probably there. They still um, want to kick the crap. Yeah, Unless he came to the Vortex. They think it's just a simple, like, like the Vortex. Like, they're just coming to visit. Hey, you know what I want to do in real life? Visit the Stanley. You know what I'm going to do, Dad? Visit the Stanley. So, that, this was one quote um, of the hotel at large. And this is a um, another account at the hotel at large. It was the computer. I saw... 
Um, a myriad of phenomena, not necessarily attributed to the aforementioned usual suspects, has been reported throughout the property. The sounds of partygoers, bygone celebrations, and children laughing, particularly on the fourth floor where children and nannies once stayed, can be heard. The hotel's preternatural is that right? Mm -hmm. preternatural afterlife is often palpable and has attracted professional skeptics and paranormal investigators alike. The Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures and Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters See? are just two of many teams to investigate the occurrences. Many claim to have heard voices and thumping and saw strange lights, shadows and orbs. Ghost Hunters lead investigator Jason had a glass on his nightstand shatter not long after the closet door opened and closed. So now we move back to the concert hall. Oh my god. Like I said, I hate how it waffles back and forth. <clears throat> Sorry, Bailey. So the concert hall. I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to, superna to supernatural or paranormal happenings, but one thing in particular really messed with my head. At the beginning of the tour, you follow a tour guide, duh, it's a tour, to the music hall, which would often be occupied by children during the day. So I guess maybe like a daycare type situation. When you arrive in the hall, well, when you arrive in the hall, you're seated in the observation box and given an introduction of sorts explaining that none of the spirits or activity are angry or violent and that a lot of the activity was thought to be that of children especially in the concert hall itself so our guide asked by show of hands if any of the tour members are good with children to which i along with four or five others raised our hands everyone who raised their hands she gave a dumb dumb sucker for us to hold out on our palm as if we were handing it out to a child and depending on the spirits comfortable comfortability with you they would supposedly pull on the sucker some people claim to feel movement some didn't feel a thing but i personally felt and watched this fucking sucker drag from the middle of my hand all the way off to the ground that fucked with my shit <laughs> direct quote from this person <laughs> that fucked with my shit <laughs> um the staircase to nowhere Apparently, not so good with children if they're <laughs> if they're not real or alive. <laughs> that fucked with my shit. So uh, this is the staircase. Oh my god! I held the sucker out to that kid, and that kid actually took it. What the hell? <laughs> the staircase to nowhere. When I was a kid, the Stanley. Hey, this is the Winchester House at the Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, the Stanley was just a pretty hotel with dumpy rooms. Uh, 1970s canary yellow and olive drab. Borderline crap hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a quote. We never stayed there. It was just a place to get a good cheap lunch. Obviously, this was before the miniseries when it was still cheap and not haunted. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't haunted until 1977. Anyway, I'd screw around and explore the hotel because hotels are fun to screw around and explore. <laughs> My brother, my sister, and myself were wandering the hotel after lunch, poking our heads into open rooms and whatnot. Well, we round the corner of the hallway, to our, and to our right is a small opening in the wall of the hall leading to a set of very narrow and steep circular stairs, descending into pitch black darkness. Oh, none fun. of us, Let's do that. None of us had the cojones to check it out. Aww. Wish we had. I never saw the staircase again. Okay, wait. Bitch asked us to say, and it ain't haunted, but also, I was afraid to go down the staircase. <laughs> um, the third floor. 
my ex-girlfriend and I went there around New Year's a couple of years ago. I can confirm it is very haunted. On the third floor, my ex turned white as a sheet after stopping in front of a particular door. I asked her what had happened. She said it was. She said that something had run their hand from her back up to the nape of her neck. Oh. There was no one else around but us. When the docent, D-O-C-N-T, when the docent got all of the tour members gathered around, so I guess maybe later they went on a tour, or they were on a tour at the time, whatever. When they gathered around the door she had the, where she had had the experience, she began to tell the group about the apparition that liked likes to grope pretty young ladies See, and run his hand from there. their backside up to their neck. I mean, it's Super a spooky. hotel. That doesn't have excuse pervy behavior. No, but that's where a lot of pervy men took prostitutes. Okay, but if I'm not a prostitute, and B, you ain't paying me. <laughs> so, um, now we go into the ballroom. It's absolutely beautiful and haunted. My <laughs> son- <laughs> I wonder if the pervy guy's in there. Absolutely beautiful and haunted. <laughs> My sister lived in Colorado for years. So one winter we were visiting, we decided to take, to make the trip to Estes Park. Well, being the rule breaker that rule breakers that we are in my family, we ditched the official tour and took our own. That would be us. That would so be us. <laughs> we came across this big room with chairs covered in white cloth. We decided to play ghost and drape the cloths over ourselves, pretending to be ghosts, and take pictures. We, of course, thought we were hilarious. The ghosts decided to delete every picture we took in that room. All the pictures we took before and after were still on the camera. Just the ones where we were playing ghost were deleted weird place. <laughs> oh no, that's so weird. Like, um, my last took one. pictures. They didn't appear in them. That's what I was waiting for. My hands are so sweaty. I smeared the ink even though it's been done for hours. Wow. <laughs> so in room 1301, not quite sure if that would be in the main hotel or off in the guest manor or whatever. Um, in the bathroom at the Stanley, the shampoo bottle was thrown into the tub and once... In the bathroom at the Stanley, the shampoo bottle was thrown into the tub once. Once we were staying in... Once we were... Fuck. I think you wrote once, twice. <clears throat> once, once. Once, oh. twice. I started to write one and then I wrote one, once. Two. Was thrown into the tub. In the sentence. <laughs> and C. Once we were... Thir- <laughs> See, it doesn't make any sense. Well, you wrote it. I know. It says thrown into the tub once. We were 1302 once. Oh, you were just not even there for that. <laughs> but it says 1302 and it doesn't make sense if they were in 1301. So okay, just wait, what is maybe, maybe once they were in 1302. <laughs> I think this once was supposed... Uh, yeah, that's... Okay. Once I've had my voice recorder knocked over as... As far as seeing anything with my own eyes or objects thrown at me, no, not yet. I think it takes a bit, a lot of energy for spirits to manipulate our physical environment, so it's rare, but it does happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the end. Yeah. Oh my God! What? What? <laughs> da, 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 da. But we still don't know how Mrs. Wilson died. Even though she got blasted to the floor. And she then, only broke her She ankles. lived there, or she worked there for years afterwards, so her ankles healed and she died of old age. She's a nice ghost. Stop picking on her. If you go there, she might fold your clothes and put them away. Unless no, you're there. I don't want to stay with the cowboy. Unmarried. <laughs> and then she's going to rip your clothes and spit on them. I said I'm going to the cowboy's room. <laughs> so you can kiss your forehead. 
I don't know. A kiss to the forehead's good, but you know what? Somebody who folds my clothes and puts them in the, the drawers for me, I'm going to kiss her forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I got. Wow. She, she just keeps saying it. She's like, I got nothing. I got nothing else. Well, I guess we're going to wrap it here. We hope you enjoyed visiting these haunted hotels with us. We did. We'd like to see him in person one day, hopefully. Yeah. We're going to get a spirit bus. Let's just <laughs> go on a spirit tour, buy up a bunch of equipment, and just I know, hit go all see. the hot spots. Yeah, all these places that people aren't going for whatever reason right? to record stuff. I would like to hear. Like, I would like to take, an what is it called, an EVP? Yes. Into room 217 and be like, Mrs. Wilson, could you please tell Kylie how you died <laughs> and see what she says? So I think that would be fun. I can't even imagine taking an EVP into the Chelsea, man. I don't know what kind of recording you would get back. People singing, people dancing, people playing, people... Playing with each other. That's for sure, man. The hipster ghost just saying, hey, motherfuckers, listen. What I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be said first. <laughs> Won't be able to hear anything but Larry the hipster ghost. <laughs> Going, listen, everything outside the Chelsea Hotel is fake. It's fake. <laughs> Only in here is it real. But, I mean, given that he's dead, it's understandable. Yeah, and it tells nothing about where did he come from. Like, he's he's one of the most recent ghosts. It's like, dude was probably he at the hotel the talking all the time, and somebody pushed his ass out the window and went, <laughs> oh, shit, that was a bad idea. <laughs> I'm just kidding, and that's not funny. Don't push anybody out a window and get caught. <laughs> get caught. <laughs> anyway, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. We're glad to be back with you. We're glad you're back with us. Keep it weird. Yeehaw, y'all. <laughs> Finally stuck on the cowboy. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>